Thank you so much, Mary and Stephanie. Could we give another round of applause for our worship team for preparing our hearts today? You know, I, I told this little short story uh, uh, as I came up when I was pulling up the, uh, the podium here. I've always had this little worry, I've preached here just a couple times, of this possibly coming out of the stain as I raise this thing up. You know, and, and it may, what am I going to do, you know? And it makes me think back to my first year uh, when I got a teaching job at New Lexington Middle School. I came in about two weeks before school was going to start. And if you're a new teacher in that situation, you're thinking, when these kids come, are they going to eat me? Uh, are they going to throw stuff at me? You're, you're all worried. You're, uh, you're excited. You want to share all this information with them. And so I went over to my room to start to get that ready. Everybody knows what that preparation is. And elementary teachers probably more than anybody. And uh, I, went, I went to sit down at my desk, and a custodian came by, and he said, oh, that's not going to work. I said, well, what do you mean? He said, look at your desk. And my knees were literally above the desk. It was like a, almost like a kindergarten desk or something. And he goes, you know what? He said, I'm going to go home. He said, I'm going to figure something out here. He said, I'll, I'll bring these back tomorrow. I said, that's great. So he came back, and he built me that evening in his garage these blocks that he painted white. And I've had them for 19 years in seven different desks and different jobs that I've had in two different school districts. Isn't that amazing? I told him last time I saw him, he's since retired. I said, hey, I still have those blocks. He goes, how in the world did those things make it this long? I said, I hope they retire with me. So maybe we can frame them or something. Well, I really want to thank Pastor John, our lead team, and Rolling Plains for having me this morning. I pray that John's having a good time. If you've seen him on Facebook, he's doing the concert tour of Christian rock concerts with his family and enjoying spending that time together. And uh, I really believe that in prayer and in seeking the Lord for this message today, that he has dropped in exactly what we need at the exact time. Because you remember, God is not a day late and a dollar short. He is right on time with his blessings. He's right on time with the word. And I really believe that today's message of what you as a believer have to look forward to is going to fill your heart and build your faith. I really believe that. So have you ever wondered, a couple questions here, have you ever wondered what God has in store for you in heaven? Sit back and think about that. Have you ever wondered what God has in store for you in heaven? Can you imagine how deep and wide his love is for you? Now, I think in times like today in this world, it's extremely hard to see God's plan in our life in his love for his people. It's definitely harder to think about what God has planned for you in heaven. We're just trying to make it through this day, make it through this week, worrying about what's going to come tomorrow. And I want to show you how much God loves you. Let's imagine this together, okay? Let's imagine this together of what he's got in store for you in heaven. If you've never sat back and thought about that, today is the day where your mind is going to be opened, and I'm going to be using Scripture, and I'm going to be using uh, an eyewitness of a book called My Time in Heaven to help share some of this information. I'm going to share more about that once we enter into prayer here. Would you bow your heads with me? Heavenly Father, we thank you for this beautiful autumn Sunday that you've created. We thank you for the opportunity to live in a country where we can come together and worship you, the one and only true living God. I ask you that you bless this message, that you fill this room with your Holy Spirit, and that you anoint these words. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, something I always like to do in class, even though I've been out of class there for a while in teaching, is I like to have a little bit of a response. Now, when we do this, I'm going to have you uh, participate in reading all the scripture as we go through this message today. And here's the reason why. 
a lot of times I think that we miss the point of what it means to speak God's word. I really do. And if we do that together as a church, we are speaking as king priests, and it is going forth, and that is opening up the blessings of heaven to take part. So John 3, 16 and 17, let's say this together. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Now, this scripture totally defines God's love for you. It's on display. But I want to share a couple other God love notes for you. He's got some love notes written in here if you haven't seen them before. Psalms 139, 17 and 18. All right, let's really soak this in. Let's speak this together. How precious to me are your thoughts, God. How vast is the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I awake, I am still with you. Grains of sand? Anybody ever been to the beach before? You take one scoop, you may have a million in one scoop. How about all the grains of sand? That's God's thoughts about you. How about this? Luke 12, 7. Another love note. And the very hairs on your head are all numbered. So don't be afraid. You are more valuable to God than a flock of sparrows. Okay, now, raise your hand. Parents, grandparents, do you love your kids and grandkids? All right, that's beautiful, that's beautiful. How many of you have sat around counting the hairs on their head? Grains of sand. That's how God thinks of you. That's his thoughts. All right, knows the numbers of hairs on your head. Isn't that amazing? Now, I was extremely blessed to grow up with some of the best parents a guy could ask for. Mike and Diana Root, my mom and dad did a wonderful thing in showing me and my brothers that Jesus loves us and that he died for us. He really did. And if that's one thing that you can do as a parent or a grandparent, is show your children and grandchildren that Jesus loves them and that he died for them and that he is raised. And it doesn't matter how much money you make. It doesn't matter how good of a cook you are or what you do in your job. That, that, that's set aside. You have done one of the greatest things that you could ever do in your life is spread that message and put your kids and grandkids in the same situation that you are. But unfortunately, we lost my father last spring when the Lord called him home. But I know from my father that he's rejoicing in heaven. And one awesome thing that he did, he did many awesome things, but one awesome thing he did is he passed on a book to me, and I didn't have a picture ready for the slide. That's my boo-boo. But here it is right here. It's called My Time in Heaven. Now, he handed this to me just a few years ago. And he said, Dave, he says, you've got to check out this book. I said, what are you talking about? And he said, I'm telling you. He said, he said Richard Sigmund is the guy's name who wrote it. And he said, You've just got to read from front cover to back cover what this guy has been through, what he has seen. He said, it's absolutely amazing. Now, I can't sit around and tell you how amazing it is. You are going to have to read that for yourself if, if that's what you choose to do. Some of you already are getting out the phone. You're, you're, uh, uh, you're buying it on Kindle. You've got the Amazon shipment already coming. Others are saying, well, I want to see what Dave digs out, digs out of this information and see if this is really worth looking at. So here's the thing. I started to go through this, and... This firsthand account that Richard has when he experiences death on, and this is crazy, 
This is really crazy. October 17th, 1974. Today's October 16th. Tomorrow is the exact day, 48 years later, that he experienced this eight hours of death and going to heaven. This is, this is amazing. Absolutely amazing. So he experiences a car accident that left him dead for eight hours. And what Richard remembers is as soon as the impact had happened, a voice was guiding him through a glory cloud, a veil. And he could hear singing and rejoicing and laughter getting louder and louder as he neared. He entered into heaven's receiving area. And he looked to the right and the left as he entered into the receiving area. And he said that, this quote, the veil extended as far to the left and right as I could see. I had the impression that it was 100 miles long in each direction. Each person entering had his own path. My father, Mike Roop, had many opportunities to witness to many people in his retired years. He spent many days and nights going to hospitals, going to people's bedsides, going to hospice, and, and just witnessing to people, whether they were a believer or not, he was there to share Jesus with them and make sure that they had hope. My father was a prayer warrior in Christ. But there was one time about 10 years ago, he told me of a close friend of our family uh, who he was witnessing to, who he said, hey, he, goes, he, accepted, he accepted Christ. He said, it's awesome. He said, but you'll never believe what happened. He said, I was going over there for almost a week. And he said, he said the very night that he had passed when I was with him, he said, he was speaking real softly, and he said, he said, Mike, he said, I don't know which one to take. And he said, what are you talking about? And he said, there's so many colors. And he said, he said I, I'm supposed to take one to enter. And then, he, and then he did a, oh, go ahead, excuse me. He's letting other people go forward. And dad said, take the one that's your favorite. And he said, okay. And then phew, peacefully went to sleep. Now, got to pull out a scripture here. Psalms 23.3 says, let's say it together, He guides me in paths of righteousness for His namesake. What Richard started to say that he was witnessing was massive reunions as believers entered into heaven. Many angels were a part of these reunions. But the one that had tears of joy flowing down Richard's face was the reuniting of a baby and her mother. He says in quote, God in his infinite mercy said, it, said to it that nothing was lost. The love of God is so great that no one person can know it all. Can you imagine a childhood growing up in heaven? Can you imagine witnessing a baby who had been lost from this earth, reuniting with, with mom in heaven to be raised in heaven? What a childhood. I thought running the streets of South Zanesville and uh, going to Maysville was an awesome childhood. Heavenly childhood, that takes it to another level. As Richard is guided on this path through heaven by two angels, he has one on each side, he is taken to the Lamb's Book of Life. Now you've got to really, the whole description of the Lamb's Book of Life, will, it will blow your mind. But there's something in this that you've got to catch. When he was raised up to see what it said with the angel, it said, Richard of the family of Sigmund, servant of God. Now, can you imagine that it says, David of the family of Ruth, servant of God. And the birthday, or it was outlined in crimson red blood, the blood of Christ. And the birth date was listed with this Richard of the family of Sigmund, servant of God, but there was no death date. The date that was listed beside it was the born again date. Now that's God operating right there. Because Christ came to this earth 
and defeated death. Remember, the body only sleeps. Eternity in, in heaven is our life destiny. Jesus conquered death. Your home, your citizenship is in heaven. Receive that today where your citizenship is. Let's read this together. 1 Thessalonians 4, verses 14 through 15. For since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so, through Jesus, God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep. For this we declare to you by a word from the Lord, that we who are alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will not precede those who have fallen asleep. I want to invite my son up, Sam, to play this song. This is a song that Sam and I wrote about two months ago, and it goes right with this message. It's called A Long Way From Home. Now, Sam, uh, some of you know, during COVID time when the shutdowns were happening and so forth, and many of you may experience this, we got the, uh, uh, the son coming up from the basement or daughter coming up from the basement saying, I'm bored. Anybody ever went to that one? I'm bored. What am I going to do? My wife says, well, why don't you grab that old guitar, which was a guitar that my dad had that he gave to me and I didn't play. I think it was meant for Sam. Why don't you grab that old guitar down the corner of the basement and just start messing around with it, you know, occupy yourself. Well, within a week, he comes up and says, hey, guys, look at this. He starts playing a song. I'm thinking, what in the world? So I called my brother, Jason, I said, because all my other family members play guitar, and I said, hey, so how long did it take you to play and sing, guitar, uh, sing a song? He said, like two years. I said, well, Sam just did it in a week. I said, so I don't know what's going on. So in that situation, how this song came about, I'm at the counter doing dishes. Elizabeth and Lydia are up, my wife and uh, daughter are up in Zanesville, and Sam's downstairs playing some music. Now, I do suggest this sometimes. You don't have to have a TV on. You don't have to have the radio on. Sometimes just a little bit of peace and quiet and doing some of those chores, the Lord can really speak to you. He's playing a little riff of a song, and all of a sudden, it just like dropped in on me. The Lord just spoke to me. He said, where's your citizenship? I'm thinking, citizenship? I'm not even thinking about that. I'm thinking about scrubbing these dishes. And as that was playing, Sam had no words to the song yet. It just started to repeat in my soul, you're a long way from home. You're a long way from home. So I'm going to go ahead and let Sam share this.
Sam. So the next place that Richard was taken to in this journey, he was taken to the gates of heaven. All right, so he's entered through the veil. He's gotten onto a path, path of righteousness to the gates. And as he's entering the, as he's coming up along to the gates, you know, the image I started to have was, what is it, what is it like with, you know, you see some of these movies and you know, they've got the gates of heaven and so forth. I can tell you, in his description, Hollywood doesn't come close, and they never will, 
in trying to describe the gates of heaven. He said, quote, the gates were huge. They seemed to be 25 miles high. And there were three tongues of fire on each gate, representing the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The gates were made of pure gold, which represents great, the great mercy of God. Thousands of pathways were coming to the gates from the veil. Now, Richard described the life in heaven, which is a whole other couple chapters that you could dwell into within this book. But one of the angels that was walking with him described God's talents that are given to his people on earth, given to his children. He said that these talents are magnified a millionfold in heaven. Now, can you imagine that? A millionfold. He said that people who were singing blew the roofs off, that the singing wasn't even close to the best you'd ever heard on earth. It was so far above. It was a millionfold in heaven. He, and he said, he said this, quote, just one glimpse of Jesus and everything grew pale in comparison. Now, he said, when I saw him and looked upon his wonderful face, even the beautiful architecture of heaven was forgotten. He is the expressed image of the Father, and all of heaven revolves around the Lord and his great mercy. Now, if you can only imagine in the description that you'll read, if you choose to get this book, that heaven has no limits. It's unbelievable, the life that God has prepared for you. But can you imagine it growing dim at the sight of Christ? Heaven growing dim. That's just unbelievable. It's amazing. Chapter or John chapter 14, verses 1 through 3. Let's read this together. Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. My Father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I am going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go there to prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. This is God's promise to us. Richard in this book described that places not as homes, but as heavenly dwellings. I really think that's awesome, a heavenly dwelling. God does not prepare a place for you in the great, God does prepare a place for you in the great things about heaven is that there aren't any wants. I want you to really catch this. Maybe put the old hand up here to trap this in. There aren't any wants and needs, only hopes and desires. Only hopes and desires. Richard was also taught something that impacted his life when he was sent back. The angel told him that all of our tomorrows are God's yesterdays. All of our tomorrows are God's yesterdays. So when you pray for your tomorrows, God, God releases blessings that have been sent forth for you. God also sets traps for the enemy to make sure the blessing is right on time. Have you ever noticed that in your life, maybe there's a bill that needs to be paid or uh, there's, there's a certain job you're seeking and you may think that this one's it, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, the blessing happens and you're thinking, man, that was right on time. Glad that wasn't my timing because I would have went down the wrong way. That was God's timing. I really think we can take that forward in, in blessing our tomorrows, praying for those. God is sending warfaring angels. There's a huge description of the different angels and the warfaring angels. There are legions of them, and they are here to take out the enemy. The warfaring angels description, you've got to read for yourself. But they are being dispatched legions of them, to earth at the speed of thought. God's thought. 
Can you imagine that? We start to think of, well, what's the fastest around? It's the speed of light. It's the speed of sound. It's, it's this and that. Uh-uh. Speed of thought. God's thoughts. Take that in. Let that soak in. That's next level. Heaven, no limits. God is infinite. Heaven has no limits. He cannot be described by man's mere words of this English language or any language within earth. And no amount of books can contain the things that the Lord can do. Let's read this together. John chapter 21, verse 25. This is one of those scriptures that you might blow over in your readings when you're doing that with, uh, whether it's Bible study or whether you're doing that with a small group. Jesus did many other things as well. If every one of them were written down, I suppose that even the whole world would not have room for the books that would be written. Now, can you imagine that right there? John's just telling you the truth. Heaven's got no limits. Earth can't even contain all the writings that would happen if it would be subscribed of what Christ can do. Couldn't even contain it. As I bring this message to a close, I want to tell you that the throne of God is a whole nother level. But you got to read it for yourself. We don't have time for that. It's so intense and, and the power of God is so difficult to describe, it's almost indescribable. Remember, mere words of man cannot. But I want to reference something that Jesus kept telling Richard when he was in heaven. He kept saying to him, quote, Tell my children I'm coming soon. I'm coming for them. And he would say this. He said it was so authoritative. He said it would go right down through you. Tell my children I'm coming soon. I'm coming for them. Now, if you think about this, a thousand years is as a day, and a day is as a thousand years. Right? In the Lord's court. So, to God, take the time out of the factor. We're thinking, well, when is it? When is it? When is it coming? When is it coming? It is soon like in seconds when it comes to heaven because of the time, no time limit, no space. Right here, we do it in mere records of what's on the watch, of what's on the calendar, counting the years, okay? Now, this happened on many occasions. Let's read this verse together. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 16 and 17. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a cry of command, with the voice of an archangel, and with the sound of a trumpet of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will always be with the Lord. Now, he talks about our reward being a new body. Okay, let's talk a little bit about that. Paul says that your new body is raised imperishable, raised in glory, raised in power. Let's hit that again. Paul says that the body is raised imperishable, imperishable raised in glory, and raised in power. Now, if you want more descriptions of the new body, we need to look to Jesus' body when raised from the tomb. Now, this is something that uh, I didn't even have in my notes, but it happened at the 815 service, and I really feel like the Lord wants me to say it now. Didn't roll the stone away for Jesus to get out. I rolled the stone away so you could see in. You could see that empty tomb. If you think about it, the entire time that after Christ was raised, he's appearing to disciples. He's coming through things. But matter has no translation with him. He can go anywhere at any time. That's our raised body. Remember, Paul says, body is raised in perishable, raised in glory, and raised in power. 
Let's read this scripture out of Romans. Romans chapter 10, verse 10. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. And it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and you are saved. I'd like to go ahead and invite the worship team up as I wrap this up with a prayer, but you got to understand that. Right now, if you know that you are a believer, that you, this is something that you have to look forward to, you can say, Dave, yes, I've accepted Christ. I did it 30 years ago. I did it 50 years ago, 80 years ago. I just did it yesterday. I did it just a second ago. That you are confessing with your mouth that he is the Lord, that he died for you and rose again. Your name is in the Lamb's book of life, written with crimson stained blood from Christ. Period. It doesn't wipe out. It doesn't blot out. He is for you. That's how much he loves you. Would you bow your heads with me? Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this beautiful, beautiful day, Lord. We thank you for sharing with us what believers have to look forward to. Lord, I think we just really lose sight sometimes of what you have prepared for us. And it's not something that our mere minds can actually, you know, just contain. Just the little, just, just the glimpse of of Jesus pales everything, even the beautiful architecture and the beautiful life that you have prepared in eternity, it pales to the sight of Jesus. That's how much he is to us. And Lord, I pray that every single soul in here knows that Jesus loves them, that he has died for them, and that they can walk into this week, Lord, just knowing that we can pray forth our blessings because our tomorrows are your yesterdays. Our tomorrows are your yesterdays. We love you and praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you stand with us?